When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And welcome back to the Wolverine Podcast. Uh, This is John Borden. I'm here with Tom Crawford. You know him very well from his excellent work with Jack Ebling on uh, Press Pass and from his own great videos on the Crawford Podcasting Network. Tom, welcome back. Well, it's great to be back. It's great to have the Wolverines 5-0. and So life's for, and, and the weather's beautiful outside. So, I mean, how can you beat that? The trifecta. You got it. It is uh, football weather. It's football excitement. The plenty of it from uh, the Wolverines, the top five Wolverines, having passed the test that yeah. we talked about all summer long. You know, we, we, we went back and forth about everything that was involved in the Iowa game. I don't think Iowa was maybe team-wise up to standards that we anticipated because they've had some trouble with their offense, obviously. But the fact of the matter was, this was the first time the Wolverines had to go on the road. They they met a probably better than expected opponent that first week in Maryland, and that win's going to hold up pretty well, I think. Yes, then they well. go on the road and uh, and do what they need to do. Your, your general impressions of that uh, Iowa win. Well, I'm doubling down on that, uh, on your uh, credibility in the Maryland win, um, you know, as, as, a, as a quality win. That that was indeed, and that will prove that way. I, I'm starting to really think that. But, yeah, finally going on the road, John, we talked about it. Uh, go Ohio State hadn't gone on the road yet. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. uh, you know, five straight games. But uh, it was a quality win, a work kind of a workmanlike win. Uh, 13-0 leads are precarious leads, you know. 20 to 7 leads are precarious or two scores from being down, but they hung tough and it got a little dicey as you knew it would be. It yep. always is at Kinnick, no matter how you know comfy a 20 nothing lead looks at one time. Uh, you you knew that I would fight back. And, and and Michigan got conservative. I mean, they had the three straight three and outs, the latter part of the third into the fourth. And then the, you know, the the JJ, you know, getting hit and the ball goes backwards, and all of a sudden the field got flipped. Mm-hmm. And I was, you know back in it so to speak so uh but a, a huge win for michigan you know a quality win and they're in great shape right now there's no doubt about it here's a couple things that i look at when you're talking about that game what did they want to do <clears throat> get off to a good start in each half so they uh in the first quarter as that game opened they take the ball and they drive right down the field uh, 75 yards for a touchdown very methodical very workmanlike and then they get the three and out on defense coming out of the halftime they they get the three and out they get the stop on Iowa and they take it right back down for another touchdown Uh, you can't open two halves better than that, especially <laughs> when you're on the road in as tough a place as you are at Iowa. Oh, uh, well, well stated, John, you know, I, you know, the thing about it is when you're, um, when you're receiving the opening kickoff in a hostile environment, that's a really, that, that, that's kind of a, a, a tough spot to be in because the crowd's all jacked up and 
it's easier to get lathered up on defense for the home team than it is the offense, actually. And But Michigan just took it to them. And then the, the Ronnie Bell sweep and Scooney on that block and CJ on that block. I mean, it just shows you how how fine-tuned that offense was on that on that first drive. It was it was very precise drive and that crowd just went away instantly. There was we came into this or at least I came into this and and some people that I uh respect greatly basically with the mindset of okay, the only way Iowa wins this game is you help them win this yeah. game. You set them up. You give them short fields. You turn it over. You allow the defense to score points, which it did uh, outscoring the offense the week before. And you can tell Michigan wasn't interested in that. Michigan was determined not to be uh, helpful at all to the Hawkeyes. And thus, we talk about workmanlike. Uh, you mentioned conservative uh, when they got up 20 to nothing. I think you're protecting a lead there. So I get that a little bit. One of the things that, uh, that bothered me, I guess, a little in the, um, in the fan or fringe media analysis was, okay, now you've got a, uh, a fourth quarter where you played not to lose. I'm thinking, no, you played to win in the situation that you were in. Having that three-score lead at Iowa, protecting the ball as and, and not getting crazy with it, and really the only time that Iowa scored with Michigan's first-string defense on the field came when you gave them the short field. Yeah. You know, J.J. McCarthy gets under pressure, tries to get rid of it, uh, but fumbles it backwards. Then you get the short punt, and then, boom, Iowa takes it in. That's the only time Iowa scored against all all of Michigan's ones. And it, it, I think it just underscores what we were saying. I, I reject the playing not to lose business. You, you can say – you, you got a little conservative, and that's probably what you wanted to do. And, and there were moments where, you know, it was it was a little bit, uh, you know, they, they drove it down a couple times. Once, once that uh, home crowd is given any sort of hope at all, and they were after that short field touchdown, then that place whips up into a frenzy, and I think it pumped up Iowa, and they were able to move the ball a little bit. But – I don't know how you feel about the whole playing not to lose business, but I, I just I reject that level of criticism of the offense out of hand. Yeah, playing not to lose is a, is a, is a little over the top, but um, and, and Kinnick, you're right. Kinnick is uh, crowd wise is the most resilient crowd of hanging in there when your team is down of any stadium in the Big Ten, in my opinion. Some 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 stadiums just you know completely go away, you know, verbally. Um, and they hung in there and waiting for a little little clasp of, of of life, and they got it with a short field. And we knew that was the only way that Iowa was going to score. Although there were moments in, you know, when, when I was moving the ball that, um, you know, Junior Colson, you know, guarding, you know, covering the tight end. You know, there, there's some little there's some little things you could pick at, okay, as far oh, as absolutely you know, as they could have done, but which is great. What you want, which what you want to have. You don't want to have it so, oh, they're flawless, and then, you know, they kind of get full of themselves. I mean, 
there's plenty of teaching on the film this week, I'm sure, by Jim Harbaugh and his staff. So um, so that, that that little bothered me a little bit. But I, I tell you what, though, you're right. Just, you know, when you play it um, conservatively offensively, let's just say, use your term, conservatively, mm-hmm. you're allowing your defense to win the game. And the defense won the game with those two stops. And, you know, when you think about it, the one that deep, that, that, that um, held him on downs, and Rod Moore had – a couple of big time stops. You remember those by Rod Moore. Uh, and then the the last stop, and we're going to talk about the ends uh, in a second here. Um, you're going to address that um, of, of some big play on, on Michigan's D-line came up big. So, um, yeah, you, you want to put it in the hands of your defense in that situation, and the defense came through. Yeah. Uh, the defense came through, and the offense gave a little uh, breathing room when it needed to as well. Yes. I mean, they, you know, you don't want to stop scoring altogether, especially when Iowa starts to, to get it rolling. But you do not, I repeat, you do not want to go on the road and give Iowa short field opportunities. And they avoided that all game long except for once, and that's when Iowa cashed in. So um, I, I think – all in all, if you look at this, a really, really strong well, John, I think let, let me one, one more ingredient on, on on fan reaction. And and I go back to last year on this when when Michigan hit St. Rastill and it went up 30 to 14 against Michigan State. Okay. They got a little conservative. Mm-hmm. They let Michigan State back in the game. I mean, th- that that's an example of where it can go against you a little bit as opposed to putting your foot on the throat kind of deal. Because everything was open. I mean, Michigan State could not could not cover Michigan's receivers at that stage of the game, and they showed no indication. And all of a sudden, Michigan backed off. Okay, but I, I get you, and I I see where you're coming from, and a lot of people are going to agree with you, and I do partially. But there was no Kenneth Walker over on Iowa's. Uh, I, I mean, Kenneth Walker tore <laughs> Michigan apart last yeah, year and, right. and Iowa collectively had 35 yards rushing. So I, I do think those are a little bit different situations, but, but I hear you, you get a lead, you want to keep building that lead. And so, you know, you, you, you wished you were facing uh, the, the Michigan state offense and defense from <laughs> this year, last year, but Later that's, on. We That's that another story. In a few weeks. Yeah, we'll wait for a few weeks on that one. Yeah, another story for another day. Um, you talked about the, the defense stepping up at the end, and it was very, very obvious when all of a sudden Mike Morris is getting pressure <laughs> on every single play and gets uh, two sacks and Iabi uh comes in and, and puts the big heat on as well. We have talked all year about, okay, you're just adding pieces. You're adding pieces to this pass rush, and that was that was a big question mark. I think we um, we we modify our thinking right along, but if you if you look back, one of the the big things before the season started was how do you ever replace the kind of uh, pressure that uh, that Aiden Hutchinson and David Ojabo brought? They're getting it in waves. Uh, I'm telling you, they've got they've had five or six guys come through and, and put heat on quarterbacks. And certainly what, uh, what these two did in this game was a reminder that they've, they still got some parts. Yeah. Yabi Yoki is a kid to transfer from Alabama via Memphis and wherever. Um, 
raw talent. And it seems like he's he's really fit in uh, to this team. And I loved – I mean, you were at the game. I was not at the game. I saw the, the postgame, uh, you know, we, sorry, I'm, via TV, I'm seeing J.J. McCarthy when, you know, come into this interview. When, when, you know, those two young men are being interviewed, jumping in and just going on and on and on about, you know, he's being the ultimate team guy. This, these two guys won the game. The defense won the game. They're, they're making the plays. And that's what you want to get out of, a, out of your quarterback. And uh, Mike Moore and then Harbaugh jumps in. I mean, these postgame interviews are, again, pretty hilarious. Harbaugh's jumping in. He's, he's calling him like – he's calling Mike Moore a 6'7", 290. I think he's like 6'5", 260. But anyway, <laughs> might as well embellish. I mean, the dude was – the dude came up big. He came up huge in this game. And I, I – man, he showed – he has showed speed. You've seen him drag down people in every game – all five games now. Mm-hmm. Mike Moore's speed, foot speed, has been showcased. And – when you get into the tougher competition coming up, that's really going to be needed, John. Yeah, someone uh, I respect a great deal said uh, Michigan is becoming edge rusher you. And, uh, <laughs> that's good. I like that. I tell you what, and there's there's something to that. You uh, you know you put uh, Chase Winovich into the NFL and uh, and well, Rashawn Gary, they moved him around, and man, wow. is he tearing it up now. He, he's ripping up the league right now. My yeah. Lord, every play, it's but. Crazy. It, it's you know there were people that thought oh, does it end with with Hutch and uh, and Ojabo and all of a sudden look at this I mean and I think uh, Jim Harbaugh kind of called his own shot there because he said you know sometimes these uh, no name defenses you got uh, like a year ago nobody knew who David Ojabo was yeah. and you you might find some guys well they they're finding some guys and they're make crafting some guys. Yeah, they, they have. And I mean, you're seeing you, you made a good point about, you know, it's just not a, a one or two name, you know, household name team that everybody's making the plays and everybody's getting featured on BTN and, and Fox and everything like that. These are multiple guys that are coming up big for Michigan on both sides of the ball. And that's that, that's a complete team. That's what Ohio State is. They're a complete team. Uh, Penn State is that way as well, where you're getting contributions, both sides of the ball, multiple people on both sides of the ball. Michigan epitomized that as good as anybody. When you are talking about complete, I think we're seeing a complete back in the Michigan backfield in one Blake Corum. Uh, there were, I, I mean, it's just answer this, answer that, answer this. You saw, if you watched the journey, they did a great little piece on him and all his work ethic that he learned from his father um in the landscaping business well he is a he's a blue collar worker out on the field and he just keeps showing different parts of his game a week ago you know you heard harbaugh talking about his ability to get within the breathing room of a of a defender and make a great cut and one i I think a couple of things that had people saying well can he be an every down back Mm-hmm. Can he be the guy that gets short yardage for you? I'm telling you, I I think it's it's not that he's unstoppable, but he has fantastic strength, and he can make the tough yards when he's called upon to do that. You see his stats there, 
29 carries after a 30 carry week the week before 133 yards one touchdown and busting that uh, long touchdown towards the end um i'm just more and more impressed by uh young mr corum you know uh, blake corum smiles a lot and he's in front of our media press you know after the game a lot uh, last year this year um, but he was never smiling more than after that Maryland game. If you remember, he couldn't stop smiling. And it was because he got to carry the ball 30 times. I mean, he's embracing this. You know, it's like, um, and and that, you know, that's, 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 uh, he's got to sit in a cold tub after that, I'm sure, but it doesn't bother him. Uh, he's all purpose, you know, every down back, like you said. Uh, I know that's not chic these days. Uh, you know, you need by committee or whatever. But Michigan's going old school with Blake Corum. And Donovan Edwards is back now. So it was great to see him back. And he, he you know, he carried the ball five times. And, uh, you know, he got six yards, almost six yards of carry. Mm-hmm. And if, and, you know, and he's going to get back in the groove. And yes. then look at the dimension that he, he, you know, he brings as a receiver. Um, by the way, that, that broken play sprint out by JJ was as good as it gets. And that throw to Donovan Edwards for that touchdown. So no doubt, you're getting, you're getting Donovan Edwards contributing in a, in a different way than Blake Corum. That that's a great combo between the two. But have Blake do do most of the heavy lifting, and and he looks like he's been heavy lifting. This is a massive dude at five foot eight, two hundred ten pounds. He looks like he's like two fifty. Yeah, the, he he is such a weight room warrior. We have yeah. seen it. We've seen it. Him tweet about it we've seen him in uh, in those videos that Michigan shows we saw it on the journey when uh, he's working overtime we heard Jim Harbaugh last week saying that uh, here's a kid that could play the noon game and then play the 330 game I thought that was <laughs> that good. was just excellent and also you saw once again how versatile he is how elusive he can be uh, for somebody that is as put together as he is, I mean, you know, he's he's uh, for five eight. He's he's got some uh, some pounds on him, and he's got some some just thickness to him. And yet, you know, they give him a hole towards the end of that game, and he's one on one against uh, an all Big Ten linebacker and somebody that was a preseason All American and. Yeah. Boom, he doesn't get touched. He leaves him in the dust. Yeah, he's got that shimmy thing going. He's got that down to a sign. When you can do that with that kind of power and then back to back, you know, back where he's, you know, in the A and B gap going through, uh, you know, on third and two and he's piles getting moved and it's not taking linemen pushing from behind. He's doing it with his leg. He's got massive legs. I mean, as big as his arms are, his legs are, it's crazy. He's got a freakish body, I swear to God. But that's what that's what's going to take. And, when you get into Big Ten play, and you know, especially against a tougher defensive team, there's going to be some tough front sevens. But let me tell you something: Iowa's got as tough front seven as you can get, and he That's didn't right. bat an eye. And so, um, I was thrilled with his performance. Great point you made as well about bringing Donovan Edwards into the picture, him getting uh, healthy enough to play again. And there couldn't have been a better time for him to to be out there. I mean, that uh, that rollout and connection for the touchdown looked like uh, something that those two probably did uh, after games last year. We know that they worked out together along with Andrew Anthony. And um, these guys are, are pretty tight. And it was a perfect time. They need 
a second back. They need a third back. Uh, you you can get plenty out of Blake Corum, no doubt about it. But boy, I'll tell you what, the the more depth that you can have, you know, you you mentioning how specialized different backs are these days. I still go back to to Fred Jackson, and he would be asked, well, you know, you you subbing in at this time or this time, and he says. You know, the, the best thing in the world is if you don't have to. You have the guy that can do everything at such a high level. Blake Corum is becoming that. Um, Mike Hart was that. Somebody that could uh, just stonewall somebody uh, in pass protection. Uh, Blake Corum will stick his nose in in that department as well. One thing about this game, I noticed uh, that C.J. Stokes – did not touch the football, right. has that. not yeah. since that uh, that fumble. And right. I, I guess the, the lesson continues. Or, you know, <laughs> you, that, again, that's a game where you don't want to take any chances. Yeah. No, you're right. I mean, that's going about, you know, no dinner for you tonight. I mean, twice. <laughs> I mean, it's, but you know what? I get that. Um, and, and you know, obviously – a lot of these uh, decisions on playing time during the, on, on Saturdays revolves around what happens during the week. Um, as far as ball preservation, yeah. <laughs> taking care of the football, and if he's up in practice, I mean, he's not going to play. And that's no. and that's you know, and that's that's a, a you know wise decision. I mean, you look at those big, you know, look at Michigan's backs have done had huge games. It's with a lot of carries. Tamunga Biakabatuka, in particular, in the Ohio State game in '95. I mean, he lugged it a ton of times. He got stronger as as it went on. Like Jim Brown, you know, you know old mailer here. Jim Brown would get uh, with the Cleveland Browns would get tougher as the game went on. Blake yeah. Corum is the same way. I, I, I think – he's hard to find oh, yeah. uh, uh, behind Michigan's pretty tall linemen. So that can be an advantage too. That that five foot eight thing can work to your advantage as well. That's a little Jamie Morris, uh, Mike yeah. Hart injected into there because exactly it's he he is not only tough to find but at a great point as a defense starts to wear down he does not seem to he can still pop the big run uh later in the game and uh that's you know and as for cj stokes just to get back to him at some uh for a minute someday he will be like uh, status wise or or uh, eligibility wise right where Blake Corum is now he'll be that junior and you know this lesson learned in his freshman year and how it's being emphasized I think will stick with him and really help him because I think this guy is going to be uh, he's going to be excellent down the road well, you know, you look at Michigan's uh, two back sets. You know, when you had a a, a Tyrone Wheat, Wheatley and a Ricky Powers, you had kind of different style. You had different combinations of, mm-hmm. of backs, and that can you know that can throw the defense off. You know, kind of out of sync with a different style of back as far as ha- having to um, you know you know tackle that guy and just you know and find him and and catch him. And so um, I, later on, that will be maybe there can be a game where he can you know. Um, I, I'm, maybe it's Indiana. I mean, if Michigan gets ahead, you know, get him some carries in that game and, and get his rhythm back. And uh, but you're right, all of a sudden that fumble is Maryland, man. It's like, okay, son, sideline. Yeah. <laughs> and you mentioned Indiana. When we turn now the focus uh, 
from last week to what's ahead, and that is the Indiana Hoosiers, who have not uh, been very scary. Uh, they've they've had uh, big fights on their hands throughout, and you know, uh, for for a while there, the Hoosiers were giving Michigan fits in their own ball yard. Uh, not saying it can't still happen, but this looks like on the surface, a more manageable game. Um, hey, I'll get a quick other plug. The Buc- Buckeye fan just weighed in and said that uh, Blake Corum is a beast and I'm a Buckeye fan. So, oh, you know, sure. that's a uh, ability. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he, he says he's worried about that last game. Well, there you go. Uh, from Frank Carone, uh, you've got to, you've got to acknowledge that uh, Michigan has to take care of all the other games ahead right now and not look down the road, not look down the road to Penn state a week down the road, not look at all at Ohio state at this point, other than maybe you have that one, two plays in practice that you're working on and, and uh, that, that working on Ohio state every day kind of feeling, but your focus has to be on getting done what's right ahead of you. And that's Indiana. It was mentioned to Jim Harbaugh on Monday. Could this be a trap game? And it was mentioned to one of the other players. I think it was uh, I think it was Mozzie Smith. And they keep going back to nameless, faceless opponents. It doesn't matter. We don't see team. We don't see anybody else. And anything else, we just see another uh, foe that we have to maximize our talent and make them go down. Your thoughts uh, yeah. approaching this one. Yeah, I, you know, I go and I go, you know, we, we know the history of Indiana. Uh, I mean, Jim Harbaugh, 2015, wasn't that overtime? I mean, you know, that, that 15 team would end up being a pretty good team for Michigan. Uh, and I think the, the couple of years later when they went down there, Michigan pulled one out at the end. And Bloomington's, you know, tough for Michigan, uh, at least with Jim Harbaugh's, you know, has been coaching. And and in the past, And but, you know, those teams that have beaten or not beaten but hung with Michigan in the past, a little bit more talent offensively than this team is. Um, just more balanced. I'm look at last year's Indiana team. They didn't win a Big Ten game, so it's not like they were that good last year. But that, you know, they didn't play them in Bloomington. But I mean, um, it's concern for this reason, John. And I probably do too many parallels with last year. But you remember they played the first four games at home, and then they went on the road. And they and they got that quality win at Wisconsin. Okay, man, we got this road thing. We got this thing nailed down. What do they do the following week? They go to Lincoln, Nebraska, and have an absolute root canal game. Yeah. That you know everybody was pulling their hair out about the time that that was a painful win. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, just to go through that game was painful. Okay, that's a, and, and Nebraska is the same caliber opponent. Let's be real, than Indiana. Maybe a little bit tougher place to play, um, but. That, that's why you, this is why you you uh, concern yourself and Michigan will be focused on that. Make don't give them any hint that they're going to hang around and, and end up on Sports Center that night as, a, as the upset of the week. And I think it's a big difference from uh, Iowa, not only in that it's not their first Big Ten road game or road game period this year, but also. Indiana presents a different defense than Iowa. You had to, I mean, you you surely did not want to give the Iowa team with a poor offense and a stout defense opportunities 
uh, because of your own mistakes. Do you open it up a little bit more against the Hoosiers because they are dead last in the Big Ten in giving up passing yards? And a matter of fact, in the next three uh, out of the next four games Michigan plays, I think they've got uh, um, or, or three games they've got three out of the top four. Uh, teams for yielding pass yardage. You know, what was what, what the old saying? You know what you want to do when you take on an opponent? You want to exploit their weaknesses, and that's that's a weakness for Indiana. And, um, you know, with, with Jay, you know, a big fan of J.J. McCarthy as I am, um, his vertical passing game, uh, although it was, a, it was a heck of a throw he threw to Andrell, uh, his best throws, you notice it's uh, Andrew Anthony, like Michigan State last year. I mean, he's got the, those two got a good chemistry going on. That's going to be a long-term combination. But uh, I love to see the vertical game deeper and where J.J. is a little bit more precise uh, in that. I mean, he's got the flats down there and, and uh, the you know, the tight end throws. He's got those pretty much down. But the deep throws, he's going to need to stretch those defenses. This is a perfect opportunity to fine tune that that scheme, that that strategy of stretching that defense. Uh, the weather's supposed to be dry on Saturday. I really would like Michigan to go a little bit more vertical, like all fans do. <laughs> go vertical, go throw it deep, and see what he can do in that type of a uh, uh, aerial attack. Uh, Count twenty two saying JJ has a huge breakout game. I think this would be a perfect opportunity. And as you uh, are completely on point in mentioning it would be a great time to work out the uh, that long ball uh, yeah. five, six times during this game. Let it loose. Uh, John Stoop says if uh, J.J., if they let him throw, he throws for 300 against Indiana. I think that that's on the mark. Um, meanwhile, A.J. Gavino weighed in uh, from our listening audience and said, I've, I've seen too many – uh, Michigan Hoosiers games to uh, to write off Indiana. I yeah. I think that that is you know really? you know in the last few years to know they cannot write the Hoosiers off. I think that's true, but it is still a game where uh, Indiana's weakness uh, could really uh, abound to Michigan's one of Michigan's potential strengths, and that is having you know JJ McCarthy. Uh, fully unleashed to uh, to throw the ball around, and uh, I, I think Michigan's defense is good enough in this one where it it could cover some mistakes. But you'd really like to see that long ball developed in this game. Well, and you want to jump on them, you know. You want to jump on Indiana quick. I mean, I want to be on. You know, Indiana's a basketball school, right? But um, when when uh, Indiana sees, hey, five power five coaches have been fired, you know, how about Tom Al? Maybe we got to get rid of that guy. If they get blown out in this game, I mean, Indiana are going to start questioning Tom Allen. I mean, you want to get the crowd in a negative mentality and hopefully get them to leave so you can take over the stadium. Michigan will have good representation down there. They always do. It's not a bad drive to Bloomington. So uh, it's not quite like Ohio State goes down there, but um, this is a game you really, you really jump on them just like you did in Iowa. Jump on them quick and just nullify any any fantasies out there that their fans have, and they have more importantly the players of Indiana that, that, that they're going to hang around this game, make this a competitive game. Uh, 
Somebody asked me today, do you expect uh, the uh, the Hoosiers to pack it out uh, on Saturday? And I said, well, I- I'm not sure. I haven't checked to see if they've got a basketball scrimmage. <laughs> I mean, you, you've got Assembly Hall right beyond where we can see in the stadium. And uh, uh, they, along with maybe another uh, a Big Ten team, but that's, just, again, a story for yeah. another day, yeah. might we'll, be waiting we'll for the out. basketball season to roll around. Uh <laughs> Anyway, we let's talk about concerns heading into. I mean, you get this one in. You're at the midway point of the regular season. How fast is that going? Um, what, Tom Crawford? As you look at this Michigan team, what are your biggest concerns? Uh, finishing off the first half and knowing what's ahead in the back half. Well, I'm telling you what, this Colasar injury really disappoints me i'm you know kane colstar got i i, I didn't ballast report that or you one of you two reported that that he's out for a while did i hear that uh i haven't uh it chris may have had something on that i haven't seen anything definitive okay my we certainly is, haven't had any confirmation okay okay but if he's hurt i mean that that guy is i'm a big special team guy i always have been and um, back to another 35, Dieter Heron back on Harbaugh and Colazar, older Colazar's team. It was he was number, this number 35, just like him. And another guy named Donnie Dufek when he uh, played special teams and obviously started. Um, special team guys are big with me. And this guy, if if he if it is that Colazar is out, that would hurt Michigan because um, I look at all phases of the game. But back on the offense and defensive side of the ball. Um, I, I love the offensive line, but I'm a little concerned about, you know, I'm going to pick at things. We all do, you know, about Michigan covering the tight end after what happened at Iowa. That seemed like a um, Michigan's secondary maybe or and linebacking core, you know, be, between the two of the, the second and third levels. Um, pass coverage looked a little bit suspect at times in this game, and Iowa is not a juggernaut offensively. You're telling me in that last possession um, that Michigan was up that they had all their backups in. Was that true? Because, no, man, I didn't say. I didn't say all, but they had. They did not have all their ones. Yeah. In. But I didn't. That I mean that that bothered me. I mean, if I'm gonna, you're gonna say what bothers me. That bothers me. I don't want to. You know, even there's a minute to go. I mean, they waltzed down the field like Grant took Richmond. Um, um, so I mean, I guess what I guess I'm. I'm. You know, defensively against really good offensive teams with. There's one down uh, the school down, you know, south in the last game of the year uh, is going to with balance. And Penn State has that balance. Michigan's defense against balance attacks. That's Penn State and that's Ohio State. Um, that that concerns me of how they're going to deal when they're dealing with play action and um, and covering guys and, and mainly from the air from an aerial standpoint through the air. Yeah, well, and I'm 100% with you on that. You watched that last series and you just you think, "Oh man, if if even with, you know, some uh some subs in, if Iowa can do that, yeah. what what is Ohio State going to do?" And that's that's a legitimate concern. You need to you're you're a little thin, I think at this point in the linebacking core, you got to get guys uh back and you've got to get some of the guys that you have uh you know, taking that step up and getting better at that throughout the season. You know, you you mentioned Colasar. I think about the fact that uh, Michigan could have 
two American, all American tight ends on the field right now. You know, Luke Schoonmaker is tearing it up, but Eric All, we haven't seen him for a couple of games. Yeah. Uh, Jim Harbaugh shuts down all conversation when it comes to injuries. So, you know, you, you don't know what you've got yeah. there. So I, I think that that, and that speaks to, okay, let's talk about depth. You know, when when Donovan Edwards was out, uh, it was the, the Blake Corum show. You know, you want you need to keep those two guys healthy at, for absolutely sure. And uh, and you are still uh, don't have your top two quarterbacks. So I just think those depth issues could be a uh, 